happy Earth Day and welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show was created with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me interview extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping others in their own way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. The word guru comes from the Sanskrit guru, meaning heavy or weighty. The literal translation in Hindu scriptures is dispeller of darkness. Both heavy and dispeller of darkness can be easily applied to the definition of a guru, that of a personal spiritual teacher or mentor. Gurus were first referenced in Vedic literature, and they taught at schools called gurukuls, which became an established tradition in India by the first millennium BC. These early gurus had many functions, but stood to preserve, create, and transmit various fields of Vedic knowledge. The tradition of guru was also found in Jainism, Buddhism, and Sikhism. In the 1960s and 70s, many gurus began acquiring large groups of young followers in Western Europe and the U.S. Because of the growth of Indian spirituality during this time, Indian culture had a tremendous influence on the broader hippie culture. One of the reasons the youth of the 70s, or in particular the hippies, turned to gurus was because they found that drugs opened for them the existence of transcendental. In addition, after plenty of bad trips, many looked to get high without the use of drugs. Also, anti-war protesters and political activists became burnt out on the possibilities of changing the ways of society through political means and sought out a way through religious or spiritual means instead. One of the most popular gurus in the late 60s was Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who came to fame in part because of the Beatles. Maharishi Mahesh, whose name translates to Great Seer, was born in 1918 and often referred to as the Giggling Guru. He had a great love for math and science, yet dropped out of college to become a guru's secretary. As the story goes, he was not cut out for the clerical caste, and after his guru passed, he took to living in a cave for a few years where his revelation of teaching the world, meditation, came to him. He first started teaching this meditation in the 50s in India. And then in February of 1968, after the Beatles visited him in the Himalayas, his meditation, Transcendental Meditation, or TM, exploded. On January 26, 1968, Maharishi arrived at Harvard to talk about Transcendental Meditation at the Harvard Law Office Forum. In 1971, Time magazine wrote, For years, increasing numbers of people have found physical calm and mental tranquility in the practice of various forms of meditation. Now, Harvard researchers have confirmed earlier studies showing that actual physiological changes sometimes occur during meditation. Herbert Benson, a professor at Harvard Medical School, decided to concentrate on Maharishi's transcendental meditation to explore what he coined the relaxation response identifying it as the common functional attribute of transcendental meditation, yoga, other forms of meditation, and deep religious prayer. Benson described this response as the opposite of the body's adrenaline-charged fight-or-flight response, which, as it turns out, was also identified at Harvard by physiologist Walter Cannon Bradford in 1915. Over the past 20 years, a long-range field of effect of consciousness has been reported repeatedly in scientific literature. This phenomenon is called the Maharishi Effect. The Maharishi Effect is the occurrence of improved societal trends resulting from the practice of transcendental meditation. 
Maharishi is just one example of a celebrated guru of his time. In the days of Maharishi, it was more common to live with your guru, usually in their ashram, temple, or monastery. Traditionally, too, the word guru was given to a spiritual teacher who not only had a deep wisdom which could lead to enlightenment, but also had direct experience with divine vision or grace, which they integrated into their way of being. Today, the word guru is used more loosely, and there are a lot more people claiming to be gurus. Fifty years ago, it was expected that a student of a guru would give him or her complete submission. This is not the case today. Although students are still expected to be loyal to their guru while trusting their knowledge, they are encouraged to practice their own discernment with their guru's teachings. There is also an understanding that the guru is still human and is not immune from normal human responses to everyday situations. A guru's purpose is to help you awaken and to realize your soul and to help you remove all the layers of ignorance covering up your true essence of self. Our first gurus are our parents, our school teachers, our priests, and our rabbis, many of whom can distort or detour our true selves. Our spiritual guru is meant to only take you to the doorway of self-realization. Your final step must be taken alone. The question remains, do we truly need a guru, or can we just be our own? Today, I have the pleasure of having award-winning author and spiritual teacher, Dr. Susan Shumsky, on my show. She will talk about her time spent with iconic guru Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, transcendental meditation, and more. Plus, Susan will offer a meditation in honor of Earth Day later on the show. So stick around. You won't want to miss it. Without going out of my door, I can know. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Going out of your door can know things on without looking out of your Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Dr. Susan Shumsky on my show. Susan is an award-winning author and spiritual teacher. Hey, Susan, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for inviting me, Sakura. I'm so glad to be here with you today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So can I ask you, how did you end up meeting Maharish, Maharishi Mahesh? Well, it was the 60s. I was a hippie. <laughs> I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area. And those of us who were flower children, like me, 
Unlike the Beatles, by the way, they were also flower children. We were seeking altered states of consciousness. We were looking for nirvana. Hmm. I know people think it was a, just all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but there was a lot more to this spiritual revolution that changed the world of the 60s. Yeah. So our gurus at that time were Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert, who later became Ram Dass, and they wrote the book, The Psychedelic Experience. They told us to turn on, tune in, and drop out. And so that's what I was trying to do. And they told us that we could reach nirvana through LSD. So I was trying that. Mm -hmm. That didn't work out too well for me, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, in fact, I, um, I took LSD and then I never came down. Oh, wow. I was having continual flashbacks from that drug for weeks into months. And it was terrifying and horrifying. In any case, uh, I really, really wanted to reach nirvana, though. So I was reading all the Buddhist scriptures and Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. I was reading The Way of Zen by Alan Watts and other books by Alan Watts. And in Alan Watts' books, he said that you have to find a meditation guide. Well, in 1966 in Berkeley, California, you didn't exactly go to the yellow pages and look up <laughs> meditation guide or right. anything or remotely. guru <laughs> or guru no um so i asked a roommate well how do i find this meditation guide and he said have you ever tried to meditate on your own i said okay i'll give it a shot so i lay down on my bed that's how clueless i was sakura i didn't even know you're supposed to sit up when you meditate <laughs> i lay on my bed and sort of prayed for or asked for a meditation and immediately I was propelled into this ecstatic state. Mm -hmm. I could feel this cord or rush of energy rushing from the tips of my toes all the way to the top of my head. And I felt like I was plugged into a cosmic electric socket, but in the most ecstatic way. And I figured, well, I guess this is meditation. <laughs> Little did I know that I had not only had my first meditation, but also Kundalini awakening all at the same time, without drugs, without any stimulants whatsoever. Mm -hmm. and, and soon after that, a friend took me to the Transcendental Meditation Center in Berkeley. There was no teacher there, but there was a picture of Maharishi up on the wall. And when, as soon as I saw this picture of Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, I could feel this love energy vibrating from him. I could feel waves of bliss uh, just kind of washing over me as I looked at his picture and I thought, well, this is, this is where I'm going to learn real meditation. Mm -hmm. So I had to wait for another nine months before a teacher actually showed up. <laughs> but I finally did learn in August of 1967, the summer of love, how appropriate, right. I learned transcendental meditation. And then uh, I I had such amazing experiences. I wanted to learn more. I started volunteering at the center. I did meet Maharishi at some point because he came to the United States. And then eventually I did go to Rishikesh, India, and studied with him to become a transcendental meditation teacher. Oh, wow. So how long did you study with him? I was with Maharishi in his various ashrams for over two decades, mm -hmm. and I was on his personal staff for six years. Okay. 
And that's rare, right? He doesn't choose many people to do that. No, there were very few people on his personal staff. I was very lucky that way. Well, also, not very many of them stayed more than a few months. I was there for six years. And did you know upon seeing his picture, I know you said you felt this love, but did you know that you were going to meet him? I think so. I mean, I, I wasn't thinking about meeting him at the time. I was just thinking about learning how to meditate because right. that was what I was seeking, nirvana. Mm-hmm. And we all were. Uh, the yeah. Beatles, all you know, all of these Grateful Dead and <laughs> Rolling Stones, all of us, we were flower children. We were looking for higher states of consciousness. Right. And drugs were the quickest way to that at that mm-hmm. time for drugs some people not a way to that actually drugs no i mean advertised that way right yes Is they that were why? yes yeah. yes yes with that book the psychedelic experience uh which is based upon the tibetan book of the dead yes we thought that lsd was going to be the way for us to achieve these higher states of consciousness but you know there's a long tradition in the Far East of attaining higher states of consciousness through meditation. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were really looking for. So how was life living in an ashram? It was a combination of heaven and hell, Sakura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, I thought I want to hear all the truth from you. So It was incredibly intense. It was, I can't even begin to describe the emotional intensity it was day by day. Maharishi was the happiest person I had ever met, and he was the most loving person I have ever met. He, his only desire was to improve the lives of his disciples and to help us to become all that we could be. He often likened himself to a carpenter. He said, I'm the carpenter, and you are the blocks of wood. Hmm. And... So what the carpenter is doing is the carpenter is carving a block of wood to make them into something magnificent. Well, if you're the block of wood, it's not really a whole lot of fun to be carved (laughs) because I call it open ego surgery. Hmm. So what you're going through is experiencing this kind of transformation that is extremely uncomfortable because at one minute, he is praising you and making you feel like you're you're the most important inflated ego in the entire world. And then the next minute, he's talking to you like you're a worm uh, crawling around the earth with no value whatsoever. So this is actually traditional in India for gurus to play these kinds of games with their disciples. Hmm. to try to bring out the best in them and to quickly transform them into their magnificent self, really, for them to realize who they really are and, in fact, to become completely self-sufficient, independent, and free from the guru. Eventually, the guru does send you away because you have sort of graduated to some degree. (laughs) So in a sense, he's breaking you down yes, to build you up. Exactly. Yeah, and that sounds a lot like what they do in martial arts and the Marines yeah. and all the yeah. Exactly, all you got so, it. Exactly. Well, I want to come back to his teachings, but we're going to have to take a quick break. So everyone, stick around for more love from the hip. I once had a girl. Or should I say, she once had me. 
Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. The veil is the line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil, an exciting new show every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this engaging and informational jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil, assisting others on their journeys of healing and self-discovery. Drawing from their own experiences, Sakura and Rory have come to realize how challenging it can be to understand it all. So they will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but in an effort to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering you, the listener, a resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go Beyond the Veil. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech topical skin spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech topical skin spray today. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A dot com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA dot com. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. We talked until two and then she said it's time for bed. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to send me a shout out at sakura at lovefromthehip.com. Let me know that you're listening. Today on Love from the Hip, we have Dr. Susan Shumsky. Susan is an award-winning author and spiritual teacher. So Susan, I wanted to ask you about Maharishi's main teachings. Uh, Yes, well, he was the founder of Transcendental Meditation. In 1959, when Maharishi first arrived on the shores of America, there was no meditation, there was no mantra, there was no yoga. These terms did not exist in the West. Hmm. Within 10 years, Maharishi made these into household words with a little help from his friends, the Beatles. Oh, wow. And his teaching of Transcendental Meditation was a, a meditation technique that helped people to experience higher consciousness, to uh, allow the mind to settle down from the 
ordinary waking state that we all are in all day, every day, uh, and to go deep, deep within into a state called transcendental consciousness. In India, they call that Turiya. Turiya literally means fourth state. Mm. It's the fourth state beyond waking, dreaming, and deep sleep state. So the transcendental meditation uses a mantra, and the mantra is a Sanskrit word or group of words that is used in transcendental meditation, uh, repeated in the mind, and it takes you into deeper states of consciousness or higher, whatever you want to call it. It takes you into an altered state of consciousness, into this transcendental awareness. Hmm. So the repeating of the mantra, do you need to know what the mantra is or what it means? The mantra is given to you by the teacher of, of transcendental meditation. Okay. They give you the mantra and then you, they teach you how to use it and how to meditate. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a technique of meditation. It works. It's powerful. It's been scientifically proven to work. Mm-hmm. There's been tons of scientific studies done on it. Maharishi really, because he was a scientist, um, he was a physicist. Yeah. Um, he graduated from Allahabad University, and because of that, he was really into science. He always had scientists around him, and he did everything he could to prove that meditation worked, that his form of meditation worked, and worked better than other methods. Why was, do you think he developed the transcendental meditation? I don't know why he developed it, but his purpose in teaching meditation Mm -hmm. and spreading it throughout the world was that he wanted to create world peace. Mm. And he always used to say that in order for the forest to be green, the trees must be green. In order for the world to be at peace, individuals must be at peace. And I thought that made a whole lot of sense. Because how can you have a peaceful world if you have people who are warring within themselves and warring with each other and very stressed and hypertense and all that. You can't really have a peaceful world if people are not peaceful. Yeah. So that's why he dedicated his life to training teachers of transcendental meditation. He trained 40,000 teachers of meditation, and those teachers taught 6 million people to meditate during Maharishi's lifetime. Hmm. Which was, was a very, long time. very popular at the time. Yeah, and he lived a pretty long life. Uh, he lived until age 90. Yeah. So what do you believe he activated for you? Wow, I got so much benefit from from his meditation technique and also from living with him and being around him. I learned so many skills, practical skills and also spiritual skills. I benefited so much from being in his presence, from emulating him, from allowing him to work on me in, in all kinds of ways, subtle ways and practical ways. Uh, it really changed me, and I became a much better person. Mostly I became a much happier person mm. because meditation ultimately makes you really happy. Uh, experiencing your true self increases happiness. Mm. That's amazing. And so was there anything that didn't resonate with you? Well, well, you know, at first it was all quite innocent and Maharishi 
used to talk about devotion and God and love and uh, and just the teachings of spirituality, higher consciousness and all of that. But eventually it became more of a, a lot of focus was on the organization. And also at first it was only TM was 20 minutes twice a day. But eventually it started to encroach upon our lives in a very obtrusive way. And it was like, in order to be, quote, on the program, you had to do all kinds of things that took a lot of your day. I mean, like my, maybe half of your day is right. taken away through all these different practices and techniques and everything that uh, he was telling people to do. So it became kind of like a cult. Yeah. And that was uh, when I uh, bowed out of the whole thing. Okay. Because I was going to ask, why did you finally leave the ashram? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, why I left the ashram wasn't necessarily because it was a cult. The reason I left was because I found another form of meditation that I liked better. Hmm. And I started doing that. And so eventually I left. I was, uh, I actually became persona non grata at that point because TM teachers are not allowed to do anything other than TM. Right. So uh, at that time, I left Fairfield, Iowa, which was is one of Maharishi's ashrams uh, where people live together. Now, did so Maharishi I, only believe in his meditation? Was he accepting? Yes, Maharishi. Maharishi, I don't know what he really believes. All I know is what he told people. And he gave people the impression that this was the only way to spiritual awakening. This was the best method. Mm -hmm. uh, he said, for example, he said Yogananda's method was the airplane method and this was the jet method. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, this was the best method, in other words, is what he kept telling everyone. Yeah. And people interpreted that as this is the only method. Mm -hmm. So. And then you found another meditation. And what was that? Yeah, I practiced another meditation technique called Divine Revelation, and I wrote several books about that. One of the books is called Divine Revelation, and another book is called Awaken Your Divine Intuition. I've written, actually, I have 18 books uh, in print in English and 34 foreign editions. So I've written a lot of books, but the ones that are really mostly about the technique that I practice and teach are um, those two that I mentioned, Divine Revelation and Awaken Your Divine Intuition. Okay. And how does, how does that meditation differ from Transcendental Meditation? It's completely different uh, <laughs> because <laughs> it doesn't use a mantra. Okay. It's really, everything I teach is based upon one principle, and that is ask and it shall be given unto you. So it's about asking and receiving it's about having a dialogue with spirit with a capital S. Mm -hmm. It's about learning how to listen to the still small voice within, how to receive divine guidance, how to use that divine guidance in a practical way in your everyday life, uh, how to have a direct communication and contact with the divine presence within you, with your higher self, okay. and developing higher consciousness in that way. Now, and you also had mentioned to me earlier that you weren't allowed to ask in the ashram, or you didn't know to ask. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, asking, asking it shall be given unto you is what I, is the method that I use. In other words, having a dialogue with spirit during meditation, whereby you begin 
to communicate with the divine presence, with deities, angels, archangels, divine beings, ascended masters, Hmm. and receive information, inspiration, healing, wisdom, creative ideas from that still small voice within. Okay. And uh, when... And that is, that's not transcendental meditation. Transcendental meditation is a more of a passive uh, meditation. It's not about having a dialogue with spirit. Okay. Well, I want to touch back on that and also communicating with spirit, but we're going to have to take another break. Everyone stay tuned for the Weekly Skinny. Like endless rain into a paper cup They slither wildly as they slip away Across the universe On this Weekly Skinny, I would like to talk about a recent article published on Epions.com by Dr. Carl Thornfeld, dermatologist and founder of Epions, on what wearing protective masks do to the skin. Of course, Dr. Thornfeld recommends the use of masks to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 and to flatten the curve. However, wearing these masks, according to dermatologist Thornfeld, can have some unwanted consequences for the skin, including the following. The enclosed area of the mask against the skin produces a microenvironment of warm moisture compromising how the skin functions. Chronic skin conditions and breakouts can flare up due to increased stress and the disrupted microenvironment on the skin. There is also a risk of developing a reaction to the mask material. Chafing and visible irritation of the skin can also develop due to the mask edges continually rubbing on the specific areas of the skin. Dr. Thornfeld's solution to this is not to avoid wearing the mask, which is a non-option for many of us anyways, but instead to boost up protective measures to your skincare regimen in order to avoid or lessen these issues. He recommends first cleansing the skin daily with Epionce's Lytic Gel Cleanser or Purifying Wash, which is strong enough to remove impurities and prevent breakouts, yet gentle enough to cleanse irritated skin. Follow this up with Epionce's Lytic Plus Treatment or Lytic Sport Treatment to help reduce visible redness and breakouts, and then moisturize with Epionce's Renewal Light Facial Lotion to rejuvenate angry skin. For shaved and extremely irritated skin, Dr. Thornfeld recommends moisturizing with Epionce's Renewal Calming Cream or Medical Barrier Cream, which will help calm and hydrate the skin barrier. For added pampering for irritated skin, try sleeping in the enriched firming mask as well. Start beefing up your skincare regimen now so that when these masks are no longer, which they soon will be, your skin will still be healthy. You can purchase these Epionce products through me directly at sakura at sakuraskinandmind.com. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. 
Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And if you are just joining us, today I have the pleasure of having Dr. Susan Shumsky on my show. Susan is an award-winning author and spiritual teacher. So Susan, I know that you were talking about divine revelation meditation, and that's asking spirit. So how can we distinguish which messages are coming from spirit? You know, it's really important that if we're going to develop our intuitive abilities, if we're going to ask questions, that we know who or what we are in contact with. Because there's four different places that your messages might be coming from. The spiritual world, the mental world, the astral world, or the environmental world. The spiritual world would be the realm of angels, archangels, divine beings, ascended masters, deities, and even our beloved ones who have passed over, who have gone into what we might define as heaven or the heavenly realm or spiritual world. And that's where I suggest you get your messages from. However, many people who tap into what they believe to be intuition are contacting one of these other realms. The mental realm would be your own subconscious beliefs, habits, conditions, the things you've been brainwashed to believe since birth. Mm-hmm. The uh, environmental world would be the collective consciousness of humanity, the thought forms and ideas that are floating around in the atmosphere. Right now, there's a lot of fear, for example, because of the virus that's going around. And then the astral world would be the realm that spirits get stuck in after death if they do not go into the heavenly realm if they don't go into the light after death they get stranded or stuck in the astral plane so because of the fact that there are four places that you might be getting your messages from i've developed a 10 test system 10 tests of spiritual discernment so that you can distinguish between that true voice of spirit and other voices in your mind so that you can test to make sure the message is the real thing it is not your ego, not your wishful thinking, not the environment, and not the astral world. So hmm. in my books, especially in the book Awaken Your Divine Intuition, and also in the book Divine Revelation, you're going to find these tests. It would take me three hours to teach them, so I'm not <laughs> going to be doing that on a radio show in five right. minutes. Okay. But um, please refer to the books. Uh, you can read them at the library. Um, yeah. Can I ask, though, overall, when we do receive a message, is it how it makes us feel that can also help us and figure out where it's coming from? A feeling is only one part of the 10 test system. Okay. All right. But feeling is something. It's it's part of the system. Yeah. So and what are the most common reasons you find for people having blocks for communication with spirit? Well, it's our own. We get our in our own way, you know. Uh, we have all these unconscious beliefs, habits, conditionings, ideas, uh, especially the idea that we're separate from God, Hmm. that we can't do this in the first place. The idea that God is up there on a cloud somewhere and we're walking around on on this earth, lowly beings that we're not connected to spirit, that's a major block. And, you know, it's possible to break through these blockages by using some really simple healing affirmations and by 
asking, receiving, having intention, uh, using prayer. There's a lot of ways that you can overcome these obstacles. Okay. So when did you decide to work with people one-on-one? Well, that's an interesting question. I started teaching meditation in 1970 uh, after I became a Transcendental Meditation teacher. And so I taught Transcendental Meditation for many years. And then after I learned Divine Revelation, I began to teach that. And that was all basically one-on-one. But in fact, I decided at some point that wow, I could teach this in a group. I don't have to necessarily do this one-on-one. So at that point, I began to teach workshops where I would teach people all at once. Mm. And they could have the experience, not just uh, one-on-one, they could actually have the experience in a group. Mm -hmm. The collective experience. Yeah, so I I actually kind of developed that. I developed a way to do that in, in groups. Okay. And what were, what were you hoping to activate in your clients? Yeah, the idea is, to, is for the client to have a breakthrough. Breakthrough experience means experiencing that inner contact with spirit, experiencing the love, the peace, the wholeness, the oneness, the transcendental awareness that people can experience when they're in touch with their true higher self, and also to receive... Uh, a direct contact with a divine being, with a specific divine being, which would have a name, would be identified, and also to have a specific signal or sign that would be like an identity badge for that particular being, mm-hmm. which the, the client would receive through seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, feeling, or getting a involuntary body movement. A sign or signal and then the fourth thing would be actually receiving a message from that divine being being able to receive the message through either clairvoyance clairaudience or clairsentience okay how do you receive messages through all the three ways through seeing uh, in the inner vision through clairvoyance or through hearing the words that means clairaudience, you're hearing the message coming to you in words, and through feelings, like getting gut feelings, those are the three main ways that I receive the message. Uh, what, I, my, what I specialize in is helping people to receive the message at will. Hmm. Now, a lot of people say, oh, yes, I'm, I'm intuitive, I'm psychic, or whatever, but they don't necessarily receive the messages at will. It's kind of haphazard. They Sometimes they get impressions, sometimes they don't. But if you learn how to ask and receive, you can receive the, the impressions or the messages at will. Hmm. Okay. And so do you think there's a sense of like lack of worthiness as to why we're not asking as well? I think the main problem is pe- people don't believe that they can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and they think that only special people can do that. People who are gifted, quote unquote, people who are psychic, quote unquote, people who are mediums, quote unquote. Everybody is psychic. Everybody is intuitive. For example, if you walk into a party uh, in somebody's house, you scan the room and there's various people in the room. You can sense different vibrations coming from them. Some people seem really uptight. 
and scared and timid. Some people seem really confident. Some people seem really happy. Other people feel, feel that they're really, you feel that they're really shy, that they're scared. You know, you can read people. Also, if you go into a building, you can feel a vibration inside that building. You might feel an uplifting and a peaceful vibration or a happy vibration. Or you may feel, oh, my God, what's been going on here? This is creepy. Right. Creepy vibe sometimes when you walk into a building. Mm -hmm. So we're all psychic and we can develop whatever our best sense is, whether it's seeing, hearing, or feeling. We, it's a good idea to, to, to develop that, develop what you're good at already by practicing you know, just like any skill in life, mm-hmm. intuition can be learned and it takes practice, just like learning to play the piano, like learning a foreign language. It takes practice. So practice, 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 <laughs> practice on a daily basis and you'll get better at it. And the important thing, Sakura, about practicing is don't be afraid to make a mistake. Hmm. When you first learn to play the piano, you'll make tons of mistakes. It'll sound like horrible, but then you get better at it. You get better at it. And finally, it's the beautiful music is coming out of your piano. Right. No, and I'm glad you said that. Um, I'm a medium myself. And when I first started hearing voices and names, I was like, I'm not going to say that. What if I'm wrong? (laughs) Yeah, it's important to not be afraid to make a mistake because you're going to. You're just, you know, it's just part of the process of getting good at doing this. No. So, you know, don't don't practice on other people. Practice on yourself <laughs> at first. Right. So do we need a guru then to develop those gifts? Well, you probably need a guru to teach you how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a skill. It can be learned. It can be taught. So, yeah, you need someone to teach you. Guru just means teacher. Right. You know? It actually, the, the, the roots of guru are gu and ru. And those mean light and darkness. Mm-hmm. And that's why guru means to shed light on the darkness or to dispel the darkness right. through the light. And that's what a guru does. Right. Breaking down all that darkness, which was your learned beliefs, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that, we're going to have to take another break. So stick around for more Love from the Hip. And when we come back, Susan will guide us through a meditation in honor of Earth Day. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from 2 ounces to 8 ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations? Redness? Post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. 
Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Dr. Susan Shumsky on my show. Susan is an award-winning author and spiritual teacher. And Susan will now guide us through a meditation in honor of Earth Day. So please refrain from driving and operating any heavy machinery. (laughs) (laughs) It's important, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to actually close your eyes as you're listening (laughs) to this, then it might be best to, uh, (laughs) to pull over to the side of the road. (laughs) But if you just want to listen, it's fine. As long as you focus on the road. All right, so let's get comfortable in our chairs. Let's close our eyes, unless you're driving. Let's close our eyes. Let's take a big deep breath to unite with each other. Breathe in. And let it go. Big deep breath of divine love. Breathe in. And release. Big deep breath of relaxation. Breathe in. Let it go. Big deep breath to unite with the divine presence within. Breathe in. And release. Peace. Peace. Be still. Be still and be at peace. Perfect peace, perfect peace, perfect peace. Be still and be at peace. Peace, peace, be at peace. Be still and be at peace. Let's take a big deep breath to go deeper. Breathe in. And release. Let go, let go, let go, let go, let go. Let go, let go, let go. Perfect peace. Let us imagine that there's a beautiful flame in the center of our heart. 
This is the flame of love, of divine love. This flame begins to grow. It begins to vibrate and radiate and pulsate. It begins to grow and become larger, more vibrant, more brilliant. It is burning brightly within our hearts and it is the flame of love for all of humanity, the flame of divine love. And this beautiful flame is radiating, scintillating, it's becoming a vast flame that begins to grow and overtake and overcome our entire physical body. This beauteous, beauteous flame allows us to feel divine love filling and surrounding us now. We are now filled with pure love as we are immersing ourselves in the divine presence, which is made of pure love. And this divine love fills and surrounds us now. It radiates and vibrates and begins to move into the atmosphere beyond the boundaries of our body. This love is like an ocean that is inundating us and it is overflowing beyond the body into the energy field around us and beyond that into the place where we are influencing our loved ones with divine love bringing love into our household bringing love into the city where we are into the state or province where we are overflowing into the atmosphere into the state into the country where we are into all of north america of south america of europe of Africa, Asia, and Australia. This divine love is now just filling the entire planet with brotherly and sisterly love. We are together in a beauteous dance of divine love. We are swimming in an ocean of divine love. We are filled with divine love. We radiate and vibrate divine love everywhere within us and all around us. We are the messengers of divine love. We are beings of divine love. We are filled with divine love and we are spreading divine love everywhere. Our vibrations of divine love are radiating far and wide into the entire universe. 
and we are bringing peace, love, happiness, prosperity, and joy to all beings on this planet. We are also bringing health and well-being, radiant, robust health to all beings on this planet. And we are bringing ecological balance and sustainability to this planet. So with great gratitude in our hearts, we come forth from this meditation. Continue to keep your eyes closed until I tell you to open them. And how we're going to come out of the meditation is just pretending to blow out candles like this. So let's do that together. And we come forth from this beauteous divine love. We bring that into our minds, knowing that our minds are permanently transformed, lifted and healed by this meditation knowing that our minds are one with the divine mind and one with divine love. We blow out another candle, coming forth to the level of the body, knowing that the body is in perfect health, radiant health and well-being, and that the body is permanently transformed and lifted by this meditation. As we blow out another candle, coming to the level of environment, knowing that we are the messengers of peace and love and that we now have permanently transformed, lifted, and healed this planet. And this planet is filled with divine love and ecological balances and sustainability. So let's blow out some more candles, come all the way out to inward and outward balance, and then open our eyes. Let's blow out at least four candles. Mm -hmm. And let us just say, I am alert. Just repeat that, I am alert. I am awake, I am inwardly and outwardly balanced, I am in control, I am the only authority in my life, I am divinely protected by the light of my being. Thank you, God, and so it is. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And how can my listeners book a session or learn more about you? My website is drsusan.org, drsusan.org, and also I have another wonderful website, divinetravels.com. That's plural on the travels, divinetravels.com. Great. Thanks again, Susan, for being here today. Thank you for inviting me, Sakura. And thank you to Eric, my talented producer, and you, the listener. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. And really love the show? Don't be shy. Drop me a line at sakuralovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday for Love from the Hip, host Sage Sisters podcast, and make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare ya. We can't say what we've seen, and we're not little children, and we know what we want, and the future is certain, give us time to work it Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more. Sakura Skin and Mind.com. S A K U R A Skin and Mind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had.